Welcome back to What Have You. I am Rachel Jankovic. I'm Becca Merkel. And that's all we have for you today. <laughs> that's say, it. It's a wrap. Yeah, that'll do. We showed up. Um, Almost. We kind I'm, of showed up. We did. We're here. Becca's alluding to the fact that I was supposed to meet her at 1.30 and I was in town at 1.25 and thought to myself, why am I here? I don't know what I'm doing here. I should go home. And I went home and then she called me and I had to come back because I forgot our engagement to do this. But I made it. I made it. We're going to yeah. do this thing. Yeah, we're going to solve this problem. Indeed. So, in spite of my great advice to everyone to get ahead on Christmas all the time, I got ahead on parts of Christmas and other parts of it are feeling like frenzied mayhem that somehow I didn't. I'm really surprised we're in the middle of December. The fact that you're having frenzied mayhem about Christmas shows that you're ahead of me. <gasps> Rachel, mm. I forgot. Did I tell you about my last drive to the airport? Uh, you did not, but Mom told me about oh, it. But you tell the gosh. you can tell our loyal I, listeners. Know, I know about that it. you listeners like to hear about my fraught times between yeah. here and the airport. <laughs> but I had to I had to go up there on Monday afternoon to pick up Ben. And it was not bad. It was like at 4.30. And so we were going to be home by 6. And I didn't have to leave till you know, 3. So I was going to was gonna simply go home and put a dinner in the oven and drive to Spokane yeah. and get my husband and come back. And we were going to have a really delicious dinner that I had made a grocery order for. So then I inadvertently said, collect from the store instead of delivery. Mm. So then I go there and then they have said oh, you can't have any meat because we don't have that. So now you've bought all the ingredients uh-huh. for a specific dish that now doesn't have the meat. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So I go charging off to another store and I go running in and it's pretty blizzardy, much like it is right now. It's like really snowing. And I'm starting to do the calculations of like, um, I'm going to need to leave earlier than I thought I was going to have to mm-hmm. leave. And now I'm driving hither and thither and buying bits of meat and at the end of it it was time to leave for the airport and I had a car full of groceries and no chance to put them in the oven so it was already kind of being like that in the world you know you start the day feeling like Mm this will be a very organized and luxurious time anyway I take off for Spokane and this is like 90 miles and how much of it do you think is not in cell phone coverage, like a significant middle section. Yeah, good. There's bit. a good 45 minutes. It seems like maybe uh, not 30 minutes touch, where you know? just probably can't be helping yourself so, to phone calls. You know, so you're you're out of service and you're on little windy country back roads. I mean, it's a highway, but it's a little two lane thing. Um, so anyhow, I'm driving cautiously because it's the kind of snow that sucks you in if you drive if you get your wheels like in the side and it was so slick I have never I've driven to that airport in every weather imaginable and I have never seen this many dust ups on the road yeah like it was crazy I think we had one time where we went where it was like that just shock and awe how many Uh things were going on so two separate incidents of a tow truck in the road trying to hook up to a car to pull him out of a ditch. Then I come around the corner, there's just a car loose in the ditch and this man sitting in it. And I'm in our big Sequoia, so I was like 
I pull over and I was like, uh, is there anything I can do? It's like really blizzarding. Yeah. And I was like, I do have a tow rope. And he said, um, somebody was coming. And I was like, that's much better because I have no idea what to do with the tow ropes. <laughs> so, so I'm glad you have help. But it's like you're out of cell phone service. So if somebody's in the ditch. Oh, yeah. You help them. You know, yeah. you got to. So then, solidarity then on the small roads of Idaho, like an enormous, like twelve passenger van, completely upside down, way off in the field, and then multiple cars with their hazard lights on. Like it was a thing. So I'm like driving pretty slow. Anyway, yeah. I'm also as soon as I'm back in cell service, I'm trying to organize dinner for the children because all the dinner sure, is in yeah. my car, and it's clearly going to be not dinner when we get back because it was quite a thing. Get them all sorted out. And I was like, well, that's fun. But then I can do dinner in Spokane and then we'll come home. So we grab dinner. We head back. It was way worse on the way back. Just way worse. And so it's like more tow trucks, more flares in the road, more cars with their hazards on the side. We come around this corner. There's a minivan tanked off in the ditch. So we pull over. Ben's like, do you need a tow? This lady's like, no, my husband's coming, so it'll be all right. We're like, great. We go around the next corner. There's more flares. There's a little sports car shot off in the <laughs> in the side, pointed the dead wrong way on that side of the road. Like it had yeah, clearly I've been, been fancy footwork had happened there. So we pull over again. Ben goes out like through this crazy blizzard and and like, do you need help? They're like, yes, please, that'd be great. And she's like, somebody just stopped and asked if we needed help, and then said our car was too low to hook up a tow rope so they left <laughs> and Ben's like okay we'll see if we can figure it out so he's like sprawled in the road try on his <laughs> stomach you know trying to reach <laughs> under this little car and hook it up we get it but it's like we have to pull them out they have to be in reverse because they're coming out backwards so we try a few times and it's like not happening so they're flooring it in reverse we are like squealing down the highway in a blizzard with them just fishtailing in the ditch <laughs> backwards <laughs> and she cannot get it out like cannot it was quite a dramatic scene there's clouds of like burning rubber <laughs> finally we yank them out and they're just back on the top and and then I was like, whoa, okay. So Ben goes back over. Well, now the tow rope is like wrapped around their axle. So he is once more splayed out in the middle of the road trying to unfish it from under their car. And then, and they were kind of a grumpy little couple too. Like they were, they looked like they were not enjoying each other's company and they were kind of like, thanks, you know. Yeah, so good. Take Spreading the Christmas off. cheer yeah. of being in a ditch. So anyway, we're like, all right, well. Actually, then- it's surprising how metaphorical that is. <laughs> Being the sports car that's in a ditch that desperately needs help, that is not accepting the help. When someone when someone is like, hey, you know what you should do? You should respect your husband. You're like, no. My sports car is really doing well in the ditch. I like it over here. Yeah, all right. Yeah, so anyway, at this point, we have gotten them back out and we try to move on with our lives and our car will, will not come out of four low like <laughs> will you not embedded it in we four were low? stuck in four low which means you cannot drive faster than 20 miles an hour the whole oh, my way home so we're driving 20 miles an hour with the car sounding like that terrible like it needs to shift you know yes. like it's just oh, it's a very no. stressful sound in the engine 
And we have to keep pulling over to try again, <laughs> go back and forth between the gears, try again. No, nothing. <laughs> Multiple times, stop dead in the road, trying again. Because, you know, we eventually wend our way home <laughs> through the blizzardy time. It was just, it was absurd. And then, of course, we got home, let the car sit for a little bit. Our neighbor gets locked out of her house has to come over because she left her keys and phone in the house and it's like blizzarding i was like there is a mood in the world right now it is just <laughs> so she's hanging out and then ben goes back out to try the car again and it's fine just just slips right in to just needed just a minute of it on its own no problem i think i've told this story before also a metaphorical anecdote on that same road that we were driving along one time when the person ahead of us must have fallen asleep on that road. It's not winter. <laughs> but it was one of the weirdest things that I have ever experienced because in almost all the places on that road, there's some kind of a ditch on the side of the road. But in this totally. spot, it was a really not a huge ditch, just kind of a little bumpity down yeah. but then just field <laughs> and the car it was a sedan ahead of us and it just veered off the road into the field like but at highway speeds just like <laughs> and no brakes no brake lights it just shoots off the road at full speed and if you've ever driven through a field it's not it's not smooth sailing no. i mean it is it is visibly not smooth as this car is just racketing through the field <laughs> miraculously in a place where nothing happened to yeah. the car for having done yeah. that and then i presume they woke up i don't know i yeah. i mean that's the only thing i can think of yeah. the, the fact that they never them. the fact that they never hit the brakes and they never and they just drove in the yeah. field for a minute we slowed down like what on earth <laughs> and then they just shot back up onto the highway <laughs> took a detour into the field yeah. and back onto and the actually, street a lot of places if you did that you'd regret your actions yes <laughs> well this one was a really i think it woke us up quite a bit to well, witness it you're sure. just like what well even? there was one spot where a car was down in the ditch on our way back but so far down that you could only see like one little yeah down there like, well really we thing. got in a ditch in town taking titus to basketball practice maybe last year maybe the year before mm. we just turned out of darby onto mm. mountain view and mm -hmm. just kept going like you turn but oh didn't. i remember you telling you turn story. but you don't turn you turn yeah. but you go into the ditch on the other side of the road instead <laughs> yeah. of turning and but the funny <laughs> thing is that the 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 tow trucks are like just happen. I mean, like all yeah, they yeah. have done, I think that they had, we were one of the early casualties, but I think that they had already had like the tow truck that pulled us out, I think had had like, he got Luke's call, came to pull him out. And in the time it took him to get to us, which was like seven minutes or something, mm -hmm. he got like 20 more calls. <laughs> like oh you word. get the impression that people everywhere went into yeah. a ditch. And well, then I think this was the thing is it was the first blizzard of the year. Yeah. So I think people weren't quite ready. And then Ben was like, oh, it's probably all the people who just moved to Idaho and this is their first blizzard in their whole life. <laughs> yeah. But even, you know, it doesn't matter. Experience doesn't, doesn't keep no. you from having a time when you slide. No. 
No. Oh man. Well. Yeah. Back to happier thoughts. That's not sliding off of the road in the <laughs> snow. Let's all not slide off the road in the snow of our hearts. Um, that'll get us onto an edifying topic. Yes, be edified. Actually, Retrospectively, no. go back and Side retell note. these stories of the yeah, spiritual, spiritual lessons. They're a metaphor for yeah. everything. Um, no. Speaking of terrain issues, in the Bible reading this morning with Absalom, the whole episode of Absalom. Mm-hmm. I was really. His standout features are really interesting. Oh, that's a very peculiar. Just the fact that they weighed his hair that he cuts off annually. Well, I couldn't tell if it was, does he save it up from year to year? Like he weighs it each year on his head or does he cut it? But no, because they said because it because of its weight. Like he cut, he had to cut it all the time because of its weight. Yeah, but if it's cut yearly, I wouldn't think it'd be. That's what I mean. Snaggle you in a tree. Shearing the sheep yearly and and measuring the yield like what was he doing with this he must have been quite a hairy man but whatever the case the line that got me this time and i was like i remember wondering about this before but i stalled out further was the woods took more that day than the sword i'm like i wonder why what does it mean how did the woods take them and then it was like they threw him in a pit. So you're like, was it just a lot of pits in the woods? Or was yeah. it trees that were grabbing him? But they put him, him in a pit and then covered him up in rocks. rocks. Yeah. But just kind of like, I don't... I'm really curious. How did a, the woods take them? More than the sword did. Well, know? the Bible has a lot of those little throwaway mystery ones. Because Benaiah is one of those. One of David's mighty men that it yeah. says he was the one who killed the lions in the pit on the snowy day. Uh-huh. And you're like, what? Wish Why was he in a pit with the lions? I know. Wish I was knew. this like sport? But then like the little Accident. bit with the two different runners who. Yeah. And the one that outran the first guy yeah. and got there. And, but you don't, but you're like, it doesn't it actually say, point? it doesn't actually say that it was like really competitive. Like, well, it seems like it was, but yeah, but it doesn't outright say that the two runners were being competitive. But one of them didn't share the news, and one—it's like whoever got there first would be the one to he not. Just, he didn't have any. New, it was just yeah. It was. Like, just, oh, what Lord. is this? And also, yeah. it's interesting that they're like, "Who is this coming?" It looks like so and so running. Yeah. It looks like the way the son of so and runs, and mm-hmm. you're like, mm-hmm. must have been quite a runner. I mean, you think? Yeah. It just is Well, but, no, I think. I mean. If you were to have me both of them healing across a field <laughs> but <laughs> versus a, an actual you know but the thing is is that I both, both the of difference. them were like let me run yeah and you yeah. feel like and you know that they had people who were runners because well that's what that's, they were doing they're the heralds and that's what happened in the at marathon yeah. in the first place right somebody yeah. that really took a 26 miler trip well, they don't really know. There's different versions of that story. But I know. I know in my heart. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Well, that's a side note on terrain that eats you. Yeah. I was thinking that uh, just a general admonition to everyone to remember to read your Bible. That Yeah. That it's interesting to me that um, I just have it talking to people who are struggling with assorted whatnot you know like where you're like here's my highly specific struggle bus and Mm -hmm. if we're defining what our struggles are Mm -hmm. there is 
10 million different silos we could put our struggles in. Like where you could be like, my specific struggle is the under two crowd at my house and the problems with the grocery budget and you yeah. don't understand the my weight gain the weight gain second combined husband. with this yeah. very specific family situation these are my spiritual struggles yeah. and we love to categorize our spiritual struggles you know like yeah. we love to be like let's hone in on this and the temptation that Christians face all the time is to think that the solution and that the answer is humanly speaking as specific as the as the problems we as as mm-hmm. we can diagnose the problems right. that the and I say humanly speaking because the solution actually is incredibly specific because the word of god is the most specific thing you can contact piercing to mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, soul and body, joint and marrow, all of, all of that. So I'm not saying that reading your Bible is an in-specific solution. It's incredibly specific. But Christians can get into like, let me curate for you what you should be reading when you're hoping for a pregnancy after loss in yeah. a time without a lot of sunshine mm. where you're short on friends. And, you know, like we want to be yeah. like, let me find the ultimate solution. Well, when you're dealing with people, I'm like, it's funny how a week and a half in First Samuel could address your childhood yeah. insecurities. Yeah. But I'll tell you that the thing is, is that it does. Like, if you're actually showing up to read the word, to submit to the word, that it's amazing how God encourages you in things that feel like they have nothing to do with your problem. Well, it's a little bit like, you know, the old you know, anything goes wrong with one of your mechanical devices and you've tried every, 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 everything. And then somebody's like, have you tried turning it off? Have you done that? Have you done that? Mm -hmm. And it seems like it always is the answer. And, Uh um, or how many things clear up when you just drink a bit more water? It's like, oh, your headache went away and you, you know, like there's just times where, you could have multiplying weird symptoms and difficulties and things. And actually, sometimes it's just a real basic. Or sometimes. Guess what? Yeah. You are dehydrated. And the reality is that it's so ama- It's amazing how often we take, these are my problems. Don't you tell me that reading Isaiah will yeah. do it. I right. know what's in Isaiah. And Isaiah doesn't have the solution to yeah. this feeling that I'm facing or this yeah. whatever. But the thing is is that that seems to just be a big lie that it doesn't have it. Like you need to be in the word and that being in the word equips you for things that you could not have diagnosed. Like you could yeah. not have thought. And I think when you're saying it's like powering it off and powering it back on, a big part of the way that it does that is that scripture like coming to the word and submitting yourself to it is a handhold in whatever there's a lot of times we're having a trial where you feel like I just can't get my I can't I can't find a place to like yeah it's not just resting but I can't find a foothold I can't get a grip on this problem in a way that and scripture ties us off so securely to God and his purposes and yeah. what we're doing that it actually just brings clarity to situations. Yeah. Well, and it really is food because I think some people want to 
just read the encouraging parts or just read the parts yeah. that are specific to my situation. But that's kind of like saying, no, I don't need to eat a balanced diet. You don't understand what I really actually, the only things I like are pickles and lemon heads. You don't understand and that I have a limited <laughs> desire. And if I can only tolerate pickles and lemon heads, then that's what I'm going to do. And it's like, actually, right. you will clear up a lot of things that you don't think are... Are if connected. you just submit to eating a piece of chicken when you didn't want it. <laughs> right? You're like, let's do this. Let's eat something that we call protein. Mm-hmm. And here's something with some calories, right. which will shockingly give you the energy that you need to do right. something. You know, instead of just canker sores and <laughs> sort of treating yourself to lemon head canker sores all the time. And you know, not that long ago, I, like, as much as I say, reading your Bible, like, these are some trip tricks. If you're in a funk with things, like when you're mm-hmm. just circling around and feeling in a funk, one of like, I am a big fan of not overly physically analyzing everything, but being quick to the spiritual diagnosis, mm-hmm. because I think that our hearts yearn the yes. other way. Yeah, they do. But there are times when the answer is, you know what? you need to like eat a cheese stick yes eat eat <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah i'll never live down the cheese stick <laughs> the cheese stick that pulled me out of a of a really dark time yeah early on yeah. in my first pregnancy yeah but the point is I there's like we have there's, to just say we're parked right by the highway so i'm sure yeah, this is loud. quite the sound effects today just ignore it guys we're just we're at school pickup by the highway anyway go ahead i think it is the feeling of like, like, I don't know why I'm spiritually struggling with these things. Right. And the, sometimes you're like, what are you doing to your body? Like, yeah, exactly. are you setting yourself up? Because spiritually, you need to get a hold on your physical temptations. Meaning, you can't indulge it just because you feel pms yeah. You can't no. be mad at everyone. No. But you also shouldn't set yourself up for the worst ever barrage of emotional devastation by not eating breakfast and lunch and then indulging in a Snickers bar and then getting off and having a ton of coffee past the threshold. It's very clear that our souls and our bodies are very closely connected. And I think people do tend to want to isolate one or the other and, or to emphasize one, um, over the other, over the other. And, and you're right. We're pretty quick to say, look for the sin and confess it. Yeah. But it is also true that your body is, you know. If it, you care to avoid the major sin temptations, pay attention to the fact that you yeah. might be doing things that are setting you up right. for but then way more physical struggle. Right. And don't try to medicate your sin problem. Confess your sin problem. But do try to, like, notice things, you know. Like, there is perhaps a date on your calendar that you could circle and you could pray in advance. You could say, here it comes the day that yeah. I circled. This in, is the day that I know I'll April, be tempted to be a pill. And I think that I know that it's coming and right. I can go ahead and get myself. Let me prepare. Up. And actually I'm yeah. going to tie this into something. Oh, I was going to say, if you're in a funk, what I was going to say, do change up some things. And one of those things that I tell people is that if you joined us in the Bible reading challenge and you've been listening on audio to your Bible, which is 
wonderful. Like by all means do that. But if you are in a funk, get your regular Bible out and read it in a do the thing that shows your body that this is what I'm doing. Like if you find that you're slipping into like, this is the background noise I always have on while I'm doing it. And you're not going to hear from me criticism about the fact that you're listening or that you didn't tune into every word that happened in it, but that you're trying to be in the word that way. I think that's wonderful. But if you're doing the thing where you're in a funk and you're doing that kind of barely touching the bases on those things. Well, what I mean is if you've slipped into that, change the pattern of what you're doing in a way that's like, alert to myself. I am sitting down with my Bible, opening it up and I'm going to read it. Well, and the thing is, is if you have like, you can have two people right next to each other in the gym on a treadmill, both of them on the treadmill for the same amount of time. But if one of them is there to train and that's what they are doing and the other person is there to catch up on the TV show. And so they're just kind of on the treadmill Mm -hmm. because that's you know what I'm. Well, it's kind of like kind the desk treadmill right idea. Like you're you're walking and it's good and you're getting something in, but it's not the yeah. same as like. Right. Yeah. It's like you you could have two people right next to each other, getting very different results because they're putting very different things yeah. into the whole subject. Yeah, and I know I mean this as a troubleshooting tip, not as a you Guilty, may not yeah. be. Yeah, it's just like. If you're struggling with this, consider that as an option. But I want to say something else. We were talking about the physical temptations of your life. Mm -hmm. And I just want to say as a reminder to everyone, because I have big feelings about this. Prepare your smaller children for disappointment (laughs) at Christmas. And prepare them in a way that is loving to them. And what I mean is... I see these things. You know how we're always talking about this this constant lowering of the standard. It's like you don't have to do anything. Kind of like, dear mom, don't bother trying to be a fun mom. It's oh sure you yeah. don't have to do this. Yeah. I've been seeing some of those about like stop thinking that you need to make Christmas a magical time for your children. Like you don't need to do this and this is an unbearable Mm. pressure that you're putting Mm. on yourself. And I was thinking how interesting that is because it does reveal something that would be a horrible bondage. Like if you thought that your obligation for Christmas and Advent is to make, make your children feel something rather than objectively giving them something and also requiring them to be grateful for it. Like that the training goes further than just, trying to wow them and if you're trying to give them a magical time by psyching them up to untold heights Uh about Uh it's gonna be amazing and you're gonna get whatever well all of you are gonna have a bad time because they're gonna be grumpy about some little petty thing and you're gonna take it personally and you're gonna be disillusioned and they're gonna be disillusioned and everyone's gonna have a dark time and then you're gonna get mad about the wrapping paper and you're gonna be like why do I even bother? <laughs> and these ungrateful children. And next year I'm going to make them do something for charity. And that's it. Because they're <laughs> entitled pigs. You know, whatever. It, it's going to happen. But what will be better is if you actually prepare your children in advance the whole time about the fact that 
this is about gratitude yeah. and that people you're right parents are right to not want to be raising entitled monsters who yeah. are like i said i wanted whatever yeah. who knows what they wanted they you know how they one of my children is always requesting a horse for everyone in the family like, yeah, it's not happening. Like, I'm sorry to just tell you now. <laughs> your your own little posse. There's going to be no magic that way. The yeah. Christmas magic is not coming to your house if what you're picturing is a bunch of steeds rolling over the hills. <laughs> it's not happening. Uh, but that, but just in preparing yourself that way, too. Yeah. Like, recognizing that the beauty of Christmas and what we're doing is not that it makes us feel yeah. a certain way. But that it it does actually shape us to right. to celebrate this way and to work on both making our house and Christmas a delight to our children and also requiring them to be a delight and delight yeah. in it. Like yeah. these are, these are things you Absolutely. have to do at the same time. Yeah. It's a whole, it's a whole thing. It's a multifaceted yeah. uh, discipleship program for everyone <laughs> in the family. <laughs> All of you get to go through it together. But I have every year conversations in the car with people about the fact that almost certainly someone else is going to get a gift that you wish you got. And almost certainly something that you Mm. thought you wanted will not be as cool as you thought Mm -hmm. it would be or Mm -hmm. something like there is always going to be some element of that. And it is so kind to your children to talk them through that and prepare them in advance for it so that they are actually spiritually equipped to deal with the unknowns of the day. Yeah. Like with yeah. the surprise factor. Yeah. So that's my big tips for you all. Well, my apologies. I, I couldn't hear what you said. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, it's not me. Let's all just take into account that Siri doesn't know how to prepare herself for Christmas. <laughs> And she's spiritually under-equipped. I think another thing that I think helps, too, though, is... um, Well, I'm sure we've talked about this before, but it's the tradition when our kids were little of them buying each other gifts Mm -hmm. was such a hilarious piece. And they get so psyched up about getting gifts for their siblings... That, to be honest, I think that is a really good spiritual exercise, too, because it means they are as excited about their siblings opening that gift that they bought them yep. as they are excited to get things. And it did not matter that it was a random, you know, something from the dollar store. They were psyched. Stoked. Yeah. And so that is a really actually, healthy addition to the whole Fast piece. forward. And it got, it's way more expensive for me now that my children are getting older, my older kids all save up their own money to blow it all on Christmas gifts. Like Christmas is their one big expense and they blow their money on Christmas. They are like, we're here to purchase the gifts for the people, which makes it way harder for me because they, they buy good gift ideas before I got to them. Like where I'm, where they're like, Oh, look what I got for it. And I'm like, what? Yeah. That was my idea. But that's great. But, like last year, Moses, who doesn't make money, he was five last year. You know, he doesn't make money. He just can't. He was like, knew what he wanted. He's like, Mom, I need to order heart-shaped lockets for the sisters. 
like <laughs> I was like, whoa. But also, I thought that it was wonderful that he had an idea. He yeah. thought of it. He knew what I wanted. Yeah. He was incredibly stoked. Definitely gave it away before Christmas what he'd gotten people. <laughs> and they weren't high quality lockets no. that we ended up getting, but they but probably still. were. But they probably were fifteen bucks a piece or something. Yeah. So it was a cool, you know, it's like you end up spending a lot of money to support mm-hmm. someone's mm-hmm. idea of what they're going to do. And but, I just think that that's absolutely like, but you, it would be so foolish of me to get caught up in the wasting of money right. in that moment when it's actually just radically important. But also like if your kids grow up like that, honestly, you're turning them into good gift givers and that is a really great thing and being a good gift giver is a real part of being a good gift receiver yes, exactly. because as it turns out you also know what it is to gift someone something that they aren't impressed with yeah like yeah. you get the full experience yeah. yeah i think it's a really important piece and it was always so hilarious because ben would take the kids out and that was when I would like be at home desperately trying to wrap all the gifts and he yeah. would take everybody out of the house and they would do it at the dollar store or in England, the pound store. They would go off Did together. Did you hear the dollar store had to raise its price? It's so bad. <laughs> it is so bad. But anyway, um, then, uh, then it moved like when they got a little past the dollar store, they would go to the mall and it was. They would go to Bed Bath and & Beyond, and whoever was being shopped for would sit in the massage chair while, while, everybody, while else. everybody else like conferred and then went and shopped and came back, and then the next person would. So this was a lot. It was a dramatic thing that they would all do, and I was like, I would have died of shame to be there with them sitting in the massage chair for right. endless times. So anyhow, Ben would do this with the kids, and they would go off in a huddle, and they'd have a meeting without the one person yeah, without the and key ingredient he found a, a note or something in his phone from years and years ago of their ideas that they had brainstormed i think for knox you know like we're shopping for knox and some of the ideas were <laughs> a trick belt buckle <laughs> squirt gun one inside. That does tricks. Yeah. Anyway, so a trick belt buckle was in there as one of the ideas. But see, like, yeah, actually, trick belt buckle would be a real hit. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just find like, one. so they would think about it and they go off and shop and then they yeah. come home and wrap it. And it was a whole big thing. And it was a really fun part of the whole season, you know? Huge. And, and, and that's the one they're like super excited on no, Christmas No, and I morning. found that out last year. Last year was my first... I, I think last year we just tipped the scales probably because we moved into having four kids that had their own money and were really by, it just mm-hmm. seemed suddenly like a yeah. whole other ball game that yeah. there was like, Christmas was not the thing I was in charge of anymore. It was like, yeah. everybody showed up with, you gotta open this. I'm so yeah. excited about this. And I was like, yeah. whoa, I didn't, yeah. I wasn't prepared yeah. for this. I know. Yeah. But anyways, yeah. I am just saying, prepare your kids to be generous givers and happy and generous receivers happy and generous receivers of other people's efforts and time and thought and just don't forget to prepare them because like how easy it is 
to mm-hmm. have a surprise stumbling block. Oh yeah. On the fun day itself. Well, Christmas and birthdays were notorious for the times that everybody needed to get swats. The sin. (laughs) Well, when she goes, everybody, it was me as a child that really got the swats on birthdays. I remember getting swats on my birthday because I really developed a real toot about the raisin bran. (laughs) 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 It was somehow, it was kind of like I'd... I was so excited about my day and my birthday. And you know, raisin bran goes soggy real fast. You can't talk while you eat raisin bran or else it becomes mush. Not if you're eating raisin bran for the crunch. Yeah, no, well, yeah. no, because it turns into just a gross mash. But anyway, so I had spent too much time, I think, talking excitedly <laughs> about probably myself. And then, <laughs> and then the raisin bran got gross. And I was like, oh, I want to throw this away and have another bowl. And mom was like, no, you can eat that. And I was just like, is that how you talk to the queen? Was <laughs> was kind of. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? It was like, what do you mean? I can't throw away my raisin bran if I want it because it's, it's my, my day. day. It's my day. <laughs> I don't remember if I got spots over that time because I don't remember what I did, but I definitely remember being called to order for my attitude <laughs> and, and being like really kind of grossly offended that someone would think to rebuke Just the me. absolute <laughs> rudeness to not notice what a day I'm having and that I may do this if I want to. Exactly. I think I always got a little, you feel a little like you've got diplomatic immunity yeah, on your you birthday. Do. So the idea that today's the day when I can just let other people know how they're not achieving my standards or whatever. You just, <laughs> it was very tempting to be yeah, kind of yeah. like, well, this is too what we're going, yeah. you know, whatever. I refer you to the fact that this is my birthday. <laughs> yep. And <laughs> you got to mortify these things. You know, you got to do it as an adult too. If you didn't do it as a kid, you might have made it through yeah. not getting spanked on your birthday and still needing to be spanked yeah. on your birthday. Yeah. You know, like there's right? a real, you know, it it's comes true. down to the wire on these things. Yeah. You got to learn the lesson. And, you know, I, I noticed the other day, too. Like, I think sometimes God sends us quick refresher temptations on things that we really feel like are kind of kindergarten level. But, you know, it's just a pop quiz. It's sort of like if you got, like, if you'd spent a really long time doing pull-ups or something and got really good with the And then the, the Lord calls you out on a squat. Well, no, but I mean, like, yeah, so then you're you're off to do squats, and then suddenly you have to do a pull-up, and it's been a long time, and you think that you're amazing at pull-ups, but you suddenly can't do it. Well, it's like that. I I could totally see being blindsided after years of Mm -hmm. thinking of talking and telling your kids, and then suddenly you find yourself being a real turkey on your birthday. Yeah, Yeah. I really experienced this with, uh, when we had the twins, we were really, that was really our peak yeah. Bonzo time yeah. was really we really right. woo dog yeah. yeah. So then, two years later when we had Blair, I was like totally geared up for like the yeah. intensity and the chaos of having a newborn. Yeah. Right. And then we just kept being surprised at how easy it was. Right. Like I was like, only one of us has to hold the baby. Yeah. And by the time she was born, the twins were two, and they were like past the 
they yeah. could walk and like yeah, right. they still obviously were people that yeah. needed attention, but they were not yeah. the same <clears throat> level of yeah. uh, high intensity. No, they had been through some time of being discipled in the house, and they were doing fine. And so it was so easy. It was like yeah. this is just a cakewalk. Yeah. And and I think I remember being like, wow. We must have gotten so much better at having a baby around when we yeah. had the twins. And, like, I just felt like, yeah. oh, we've got this handled. So then when we had Shad, mm. I went into it thinking, like, yeah, oh, no we got no big problems. This is the kind of thing that a person can do without noticing. And, <laughs> and then I was like, oh, like, <laughs> yeah. this is so hard. And he was not because he was a hard baby. It was because... Yeah. I was far enough for removed, I think, from the intensity mm-hmm. of the twins that it didn't hold the... Yeah, right. It didn't... I just had lost all yeah. muscle memory about what was yeah, happening. It right. was way hard. And then it, it just is funny how I have realized a lot of the time that I lived through having a lot of little kids. Yeah. I did not achieve a level of proficiency in having little kids that made it not difficult. Like what happened is they grew up, right? It was difficult the whole time until they grew up a little bit. Yeah. And you can think that like, Oh, I've, I've learned those lessons and I'm Mm -hmm. mature enough Mm -hmm. to deal with it. But if you took me back to one of those days in 2008, I would probably not be able to breathe again and probably call my husband at work crying again where I think I'm just way more mature than that, but I don't think I am. Well, and it's the sort of, now that I'm thinking back on my attitudes, my various attitudes of childhood, I was also real offended because in second grade we were learning cursive and we came to the lowercase f's and I was really taken with the lowercase f. I mm. felt like that is a good one right there. You know, that's real good. It says a lot. If you start if yeah it does. It does. <laughs> My tendency towards urns started young. <laughs> this swoop the swooping lines. I like the fact that you remember oh, loving the oh, F yeah, well, is because I was really, really really pleased about it because if you think about it we'd started I think at A which is not very interesting and B isn't either and C and D and E are all sort of and then oh F look at that and it was like uh uh-huh and I did this whole sheet of lowercase F's you know those big fat lines and the dotted line in the middle and I was doing them with a great flourish just kind of like oh it's so fun to do a lowercase F and then my teacher kept me in a recess to redo my lowercase f sheet because because <laughs> you got an f did you get an f on your lowercase f cuz i was too sloppy because i was doing it with such flourish and i was like are you kidding me like f's i was so good at f's <laughs> And it was not just that I had to stay in a recess and redo it. It was that it was F. That was my my specialty. And, and you're going to go ahead and criticize it. So good. And I just think some of the time we feel like we've really nailed a specialty event. Yeah, and you're then, like, you cannot then. call me in from recess because you said I was grumpy about making dinner when I have made fabulous. 
fabulous dinners. <laughs> I'm really good at these. I know. I, I know. swoop. I loop. <laughs> I flourish it up. And I think they're great. And I yeah. love it. I yeah. love what but I've done just, here. Sometimes I think where we feel like we're the strongest, God says, eh, let's you, not. I'm going to do that. I'm going to poke you in your eyeball right here. <laughs> If you don't mind. <laughs> yeah, that's really, that's rich. I know. Rich and good. Oh Indeed. man, that's funny, Becca. I didn't know the secret about you and your F. <laughs> I do think you're probably right that there's a lot to be said about that, but can't help it. It's how God made me. I don't understand why you would like an F more than a lowercase b. Oh, what? A b is very dull. It looks just like a print b. Only with a... Mm. Is that it? That it looked like a different letter? Yeah, it's very exotic. Very fun to do. Very yeah. But I will of... say that I don't like a capital G. No, they bombed on that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like... I feel I do have some like, judgment on some of these. It looks like a sort of a pompous instrument of some yeah, sort. Yeah, it doesn't... Uh, a harp. No, kind of. I was just thinking like a bassoon. Yeah, maybe, but it... It just sort of channels something that I'm not on board with. There's yeah. something about it that's no, not my best. I know. I'm with you. And, uh, yeah, but some of them I did have more of an attitude about, like, you're just like, no, failure. Failure here. The yeah. ones that you don't then adapt. You don't uh, take it into your own work mm-hmm. as much. Mm-hmm. In fact, capital T's are another one that I don't really no, like. No, capital T's are super weird. Yeah. I yeah. don't care for those. So I feel like we've we've descended into a trivial conversation. Oh no, it's important, really important. What How we think of feel what we think Q. about different. Ca- oh, <laughs> well, about the Q, we yeah. could talk quite a bit. There's about a the lot Q. of bizarro happenings there, and the quick queen of Quincy and her quacking <laughs> quackaroo. That actually, that actually sounds like it belongs perfectly with yeah, the Q. The true. toot of the quacking quackaroo <laughs> is right there. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well. Yeah. I think I need to go pick Muzz up. Yeah. Does he look like he's out? I think Remember it... that dinner that I was going to make on Monday? Yeah. I think I'm going to go home and try and make it now. Oh, well, that'd be good if you got that done. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Now that I I've guess what I do. Taking the ingredients well, around this, the I'm Northwest. I'm on this hot streak where I legit think every day, what? Dinner? Oh, I know. I Who know. needs that? Why would we do that? We... What, what are your interests in dinner, yeah. children? Why are you asking me about this Very right much. now? It seems superfluous and unnecessary. Yeah, and I need to get, um, I need to like leap through this little obstacle yeah. and get into the groove. But as soon as I'll get in the groove, it'll be spring. As soon no, as I'm like, oh, comfort stews are us, <laughs> then everyone will be like, what of asparagus? And yeah. where is the Where's salad? Where's the lemon zest? Where is the thing you ought to be doing that's more <clears throat> cheerful? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. All so right. Do you have a tip before you take yourself oh. off? Well, my I, tip is I think that we need to get keep flares in the car because I saw a lot of flares and I was like, I don't think we have any of those. Yeah, you should have some yeah. of those. I also think that my tip was already done, which is to prepare your children well, yeah. for disappointment. Prepare your own heart. Prepare everybody. <clears throat> yeah, but don't think that what you're doing is. Like, to go talk to your kids about you will probably be disappointed about something on Christmas Day yeah. is not ruining the season for them. Yeah. It is actually preparing them to enjoy it uh-huh. with the knowledge that we're all yeah. sinners and things happen, you know? Yeah. And I think people think it's that that's a big mood killer. Yeah. When what it is is giving people the tools yeah. to... Mm-hmm 
to actually deal with things that so they can't be yeah blindsided totally as a kid where you were not even thinking about what yeah. might take your joy away from you on Christmas Day but lo yeah. your brother got a cooler sled than you did and yeah. it suddenly became mm. really hard to His be godly had a steering wheel on it yeah. Yep, and you're like, it suddenly became impossible to, like... Yeah. 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 Anyways. To enjoy anything of Yeah, your own. so that's my hot tip. Go after that. Well, guys, until <clears throat> next time. Yeah, until we meet again. We'll try to meet again, but it'll be closer to Christmas. So yeah. next time, let's make a personal goal. The next time we'll be like, we're so ready. Oh, yeah, it'll yeah, be amazing. Yeah, it'll be amazing. Okay, till next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.